welcome to the Every Cloud podcast by me, Cloudy Price. I'm here to share the silver linings with you. Everyone has experienced a bad situation, whether you've lost someone, failed at something, or received some bad news. It's important to reflect upon these and see the good and the bad, even if it's not apparent at the time. Because at the end of the day, every cloud has a silver lining. Each week, I'll be interviewing a guest about the challenges they have faced and how they've overcome these. Of course, there'll be some giggles and fun stories along the way. So if you've just woken up, you're on your way to work, or you simply just need some positivity, I really hope you enjoy this episode. This week, I had the pleasure of interviewing Heidi May, the founder of Aesthetic Laundry. I had so much fun recording this episode with Heidi. We had a massive chat beforehand, actually, so you did miss out on a few good stories, but there's plenty more to come. Heidi showed me some of her gorgeous collection, and I really recommend you check Aesthetic Laundry out. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, so I'm with Heidi today. Hello! Would you like to just tell us a bit about yourself? I just waved at the microphone. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to do. I feel like you feel like you're on film, don't you? Yes. The microphone is very intense. Yeah. So my name's Heidi Michelle May. I feel like I have to say my full name because people go, Heidi May. If I say my name's Heidi May, they're like, and what's your surname? Oh. That is my surname, May. That's quite a nice surname though. That's quite a good one to have. You're so complimentary. But my you. surname's horrible. It's Price. Who? Price. Price. Like choice. Whoa! Like Pris. No. Yeah, but it. You can flip like, that anywhere you want it. So I am Hi Michelle May. I am a fashion designer, and I have. Uh, I am the founder of the clothing brand Aesthetic Laundry. Lovely. It's all about feel good, confidence boosting clothes, and tell, I love it. <laughs> tell us a bit about what inspired you to start Aesthetic Laundry. Um. So it was. I basically wanted. But I'm not just saying this because my brother's watching. Yeah. But it was my brother inspired me to set up my own clothing brand purely because this is way back when I was at uni and I studied fashion design with manufacturing marketing promotion but that's I studied, such a long it's ridiculous because I didn't really know what I wanted to do before I went to uni and then I just I like went into the the course that could allow me to do loads of different things if you know what yeah, I mean yeah I think that's perfect though when you're in that position when you don't really know what to do yeah. Doing the thing that allows you to do everything. It's yeah. a bit like when people don't, like, they do business, but it's not a bad thing because you can do so much from business. And then by the end of it, you know exactly what you want to do. Yeah. And then, so it was like the end of year two, and I was going home and shortly I was like, so what do you actually do at uni then? And then, because um, I come from like a very small village, and then, so I don't know. And so I was showing him all my portfolios, and he was like, well, would you actually wear any of this? <laughs> and I, you know, because fashion cap, you get pushed at uni to be like very avant-garde, to yeah. be like really different and crazy and creative. And then I was like, and then from then, that was what inspired me to set up, I, that I wanted to do my own clothes, was like, that I was like, no, I want to make things that are wearable and that you can wear. So then I started just, and then from there, like, I don't know, the idea like, like festered and then, not festered, that's the wrong word. And then I was making my own clothes and then like, the more I made my own clothes and then was wearing my own clothes, the more confident and comfortable I felt. And then because, and then this like, it's a bit of a deeper subject, but then because I grew up with body issues and like, body confidence issues and hate, basically hated the way I looked, I then merged the two together within making my own wearable clothes and then also with a body, you know, like making clothes that make you feel more Good. comfortable and confident, if that makes sense. Yeah, I totally get that. And then for me, it was like over, like a lot of oversized clothes because I, I always had this thing where I was like really tall and really broad and I always felt like bigger than everybody else, like I don't know, and then, so I, when I wear clothes that are bigger, it makes me feel smaller. smaller. Yeah, so I then, and then I feel, like, my favourite thing, like, about three years ago was, um, my style icon was, like, like, 
I would want to dress like a five-year-old girl. <laughs> because I just want like really big shorts, really big t-shirt, really cute chunky trainers with like socks, like I just, and then like cute little bow in my hair or whatever. But that was my the thing, the goal, yeah. the inspo. Yeah, the inspo. The, that the was the look of 2017. Oh, nice. <laughs> so when did aesthetic laundry begin? It was, so taken seriously, like the idea launched at a university, which was a long time ago because I'm 32 now. <laughs> um, but so in 2014, I like started taking it really seriously. And then I started designing whilst I was at work in industry designing for, I was designing men's shirts, just a bit of backstory, designing yeah. men's shirts for like UK high street shops, which is totally not what aesthetic technology is or like what I'm passionate yeah. about at all. And then I kind of just fell into it after uni, you know, you just get any yeah. job that you can really. And then my parents were like, oh, you've made it. Like you're in industry. You're like oh. pitching to ASOS or Debenhams. This is great. And I was like, oh, I hate it. Like I hate oh, it. And so every, like I would just go to work and there was a two hour commute on the way. And then all, all on the way there, I would be like looking for other jobs, like looking what other things I could do. And then um, I was applying for jobs at Arcade. I don't know if I'm allowed to mention names, names, but yeah. like, I was applying for jobs at Topshop or Topman to be a designer there. Because I was like, this is, I just want to make clothes, like cool clothes too. Do you yeah, know? That and everyone can design wear. cool clothes. And yeah. I think that's the thing as well. When you've done something at uni and you're really passionate about something and then you go into something that's like the boring side of it, like men's shirts, I'm sure that's someone's dream to do. But I mean, you're really, really fun and you're quite bright and colourful. And when you have been put in a situation where you're doing the opposite of what you love in the same industry it can make you think the same thing of the whole industry yeah and then I just was like I just was going to and I like like to make the most out of everything yeah and like every situation so I was like my favorite part about my job because I hated not liking my job I like yeah. I'm quite I like love to love things yeah I like to I'm like so things. and then it makes you happier if you're happy about going something you know and then my favorite part of my job was dressing up for the job so I would dress up and then like, getting ready was my favorite part and then my second favorite part was going to meetings and like presenting in meetings and pitching in meetings and stuff yeah. like that that was fun and then like making mood boards and the creative side of it yeah but then we I would spend like two weeks getting this whole entire presentation together I'd go for the meeting and they'd go yep so we want a blue shirt we're gonna go with the pinstripe we're gonna go with this and then no scary features like a cross thread, nothing like that. It's just going to be dyed to match the same colour as the shirt. Um, and I'd go, okay, yeah, cool. But they asked you to do all of this trend, huge trend research. And then, like, our offices were really cool. So then we had, like, and then you just go, oh. And then after four years, I was like, I've had enough. Yeah. So then just, I quit my job in secret, didn't tell anybody. No one. No. And then, oh, no, yeah, so back, sorry, sorry. Yeah. For like a year, so on the commute there, I was like, right, I need to do something, get out yeah. of this. So um, I was applying for other jobs in Topshop or whatever, and then they were saying, nope, you've got no women's wear experience because you've gone into men's shirt straight from uni. And I was like, I got a first in women's wear. I think, you know, like, what, yeah. does, does that not count for anything? And then they were like, no, like, you haven't got any experience. And I was like, um, I did two years out and I set up my own clothing label during my gap years at uni. Yeah. Does that not, you know, like it was selling in boutiques like around the north of England. Does that not make any difference? And they were like, sorry, on paper, on paper, uh, you're, you're a um, menswear designer because you've been working in the men's industry for yeah. years. So I was like, right, okay. And then I was like, like racking my brain. Like, what, what can I do? What yeah. can I do? I need a pan. So then I was like, right, okay, to this Susie girl from Topshop. Um, and then I basically was like, well, how can I take the bits of my, um, like what I like to do yeah. or, or like, so dressing up. So I made sure I dressed up and documented it for a year and I would make my own clothes in like at least one of those things. So then when I had to show her my, like I can my design lips, yeah. for a 
woman because you are a woman yeah, yeah. Like, i would go to topshop in my design in a jumper that i made i'd go to topshop and people yeah. would ask me where that was in topshop no yeah that must have been so frustrating oh i'm so annoyed because i was like what do you want anyway for every day for a year uh, not every day but like most most weeks i would spend yeah. at least two or three i stacked it all up sent it to her and i was like this finally here you like, go susie yeah susie stick you know and then <laughs> i was about to go stick this in your pipe and smoke it i don't know <laughs> just like please give me a job look and then she goes, oh my God, love this. I'm going to send it to head office, blah, blah, blah. And, and then I she's like, really excited. super excited because she was super keen. She was like, yeah, everyone thinks that you're totally, like you've got, you've nailed the brat, you're like, you're fine. Yeah. Um, but it's still the issue that you're a menswear designer. What? And I was like, oh. okay. So I was like, start this. And then it was like the eve of my 29th birthday. And I was like, I do not want to be 30 and making men's, designing men's shirts and doing something. And I was traveling out, yeah. I was living in East London and traveling to Hemel Hempstead via coach every, every day. day. And then commuting back every day and I'd get up at six and I'd get home at eight p.m. And it was just schlep after schlep and I just hated it. Yeah. And so I was like, right. So then I was like, in secret, I texted my brother and just said, Leon, I'm going to do this. Don't tell mum and dad. Yeah. Are you really close, you and your brother? We are, but Leon always says we <laughs> we're closer the further apart we are. So like you know, like brother and sister fight like cat and dog. Yeah. Which we do if we're in so we can last about three days before we start tearing each other's hair out and punching each other. Yeah. Um, but we're like thick as thieves as when it comes to like support and whatever, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I was like, Leon, I'm gonna do this and Leon was like, just do it. And do you then, know what? You need to be told that sometimes I think sometimes I can't remember who it was, one of my friends said who was it? One of my friends was fired and she was like, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me because she was too t- scared to leave that job, but being fired led her to something so great. And then sometimes you need that push and you need someone to just reject you to be then able to do something so much better. Yeah. And it's not always the worst when you are just put in that situation. You're like, okay, what do I need to do? What have I got to do? Because you're in this dark How hell. can I change this now? Yeah. yeah. But sometimes you, you just get out of it somehow. pushed into a like a space where you're like, hey, but I'm starting from nothing again. Like, what can yeah. I do? I can do anything. And you're sat there and you're like, okay, I've got so many options. And before you might have felt like you had no options. All you've got to do is this job. But actually now you've got so many options. Your because, table is clear. And yeah. You, yeah. And so then much almost, more is ahead. And then I had like no funding, no savings, nothing. Like you live in London, you cannot save. No. Um, so, and I was like, I just have to do it. And then, I, then... So I, my bosses tried to convince me out of it and they were like, no, we really think, are you sure that you want to do this? Yeah. And then they were like, they called me in and there was like three of them in there. They were, are you sure you want to do this? Like, this is a big risk. This is this, this and this. And I was like, I'm doing it. I think about it every single second of every day. Yeah. Um, my commute, everything. And so for like the three months that they convinced me to save like three months interim period just to like double check. And then in that I would go to fabric shops and I'd go home and then sew or like make stuff in my room. And then at weekends I would make stuff. And then so by the time I quit my job, I was ready. And then yeah. like, like two weeks later, I had my first stall. So you just have oh to goodness, go, so cool. go, go. You know, like yeah. you just have to, if you want to do it. And then the yeah. thing I learned is you just, there's no stopping. Because it's yours and your baby as well. You just go. Yeah. I feel like you put all the effort in and you're getting whatever comes from that as well. So when it's your own business, You've got to do it all because no one else is going to do it for no you. No one else, yeah. And yeah, the hardest thing is though is like dark, like down days or like mm. dark days where you're like, say, so I've grown my whole business on Instagram really, yeah. And if you um, and so like you'd get like two hundred followers, you can't help but look at other people and be like, how on earth are they getting all these followers or whatever? And then yeah. you creep up to like a thousand, and you're like, yay! But you still think, oh, there's somebody else who's got this better. many followers. Or, yeah, 
yeah. you just have to head down, keep following what you're doing. Yeah. And then, but it's really, I, for ages, I started almost becoming a content creator because I was trying to be really creative in the way that I came across on Instagram so that yeah. it would engage with people. But without, by doing that, I almost sacrificed the design of the clothes because I was then... And then I was just getting so tired. And then one by one, my body, like one piece part of my body would just shut down after another. Like my wrists went once. Oh. And then, so I was like, right, what am I gonna do? Because I was using my phone so much and sewing so much and cutting out. So I was like, yeah. right, what can I do? So then I just trained to cut with my other hand with an electric cutter. <laughs> and then what I did, both wrists went down because then I was using my other hand to type as well on my phone. So then I would pattern cut and I needed my wrist for that. So I would use two bottles and my elbows and then draw like that on like pattern cutting no. and then just move the bottles because I couldn't rest wrist, like rest my wrist on there. So you just have to like push <laughs> through the pain and just work it out. But yeah, you, yeah. I don't yeah. know, I feel like I went on a crazy tangent. No, there. I love that, I love that. And when did you build your team? Because you've got two, <laughs> two people for your team? Two and a half. Two and, like, and a half. Two, <laughs> no, let's say, that sounds really wrong. Two full-time girls. Yeah. And, um, and then Anna, who is part-time, she is like, so she's like my design assistant. And then she does all, like lots of the sewing as well. Oh. And so, and then Joss is head of marketing. So she sorts out everything, basically. She runs the show. Yeah. And then Liv, we call, girl, the ground and then Ooh. she <laughs> does all the photo shoots and then like she's involved with the styling and then also like the operations of the um, studio so she'll make sure that the orders are all getting sent out and stuff Wonderful. but very much we are all like girl power hell yeah <laughs> you're like yeah hair flick <laughs> oh yeah i get this yeah so most days but it's so funny because we really quick like really yeah, it really quickly we found out like certain like I was crumble if I don't have enough sleep, and then or if I get too worried I will crumble. I'm looking at Joss now like I will crumble. Oh, and don't I'll look just at come me. In and then I'll just every I'll go girls, can we just have a chat? And I'm just crying. <laughs> and like what's up? Well, um, and then it will just be something ridiculous. But I just yeah. feel like I just want to make a nice um. Like working environment where you can do that. And yeah. Then, because in my old job, like if you cried, it was a sign of weakness or, you know, like yeah. you just have to hold it together. Yeah. It was very stiff upper lip and very, you know, not mm. saying we cry all the time. It's a lot of laughing. <laughs> and we even have a lull jar so we can remember because we laugh so much that we won't, we just say we won't remember it. So at the Christmas party, we're going to crack open the lull oh jar goodness. and all so of the fun all stuff. Of your... All the fun stuff that's happened. And then we can oh, love that. have a Christmas party because they've only been here for three months. So by Christmas, we'll have loads of funny thing. That's the best thing I've ever heard. Aww. I need a lol jar. That's so good. That's so much fun. <laughs> Joss laughed so much she cried once in about, <laughs> the record was about two seconds because I had superimposed Elton John's face onto one of my tassel jumpers and sent it to Elton John's people. And, <laughs> so... <laughs> and then it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible but also hilarious. Yeah, and Joss was that. like, please don't send me tell me that you said oh no you yeah you said that out yeah you're like oh no <laughs> oh it's so, it wasn't it funny it was very funny i love that though That's so what's your biggest achievement with aesthetic laundry so far oh definitely getting a team yeah definitely to have um other people it was so cool the other day so this sounds really sad but i just get so excited that i was at my computer and like head down i was planning for this youtube thing so I was head down planning for that and I could just hear Liv and Joss talking about something, about planning something for next week, like a photo shoot next week. And I was like, this is the, secretly I was like, this is the coolest feeling in the world that my brand is running 
but without me doing do you know what I mean? Yeah, for yeah. doing everything so like everything myself for so long and then having like the, like it's so cool it was so so that cool that is so cool and I came home and, and then we came home and had we had a meeting here just because you can yeah. and we have like either gin beer or Prosecco meetings sometimes I love that, I love that why not add a bit of fun yeah, yeah on a Friday and we have this thing called Friday beer and clears too so nice. you can have a beer whilst you clear because we don't can't afford cleaners because we're still a startup. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're just like let's all tidy because it gets very chaotic in the studio. I don't know if you've seen yeah. any of the Instagram of the studio. I feel like I have. It's quite bright and colourful. Very bright and colourful and very messy. Even, <laughs> even when it's tidy, it's like oh god, it's a bit of a mess. It's a fun mess. I feel like it's an organised mess at the end of the week. Yeah, we know where everything is. Yeah, that's yeah. I think the biggest achievement I think. What's your? And then oh, Casey Musgraves wore it. Wore my jumper with Elton John. That was really cool. Hence, that's what inspired that's, the other thing. But that was, yeah, that, that was that was the inspiration. Came from. And then I didn't that's know. So cool. I had no idea that yeah. she was so big. And then she found me through Instagram. And then um, literally through a hashtag. And you know when you're thinking like, oh, this doesn't work. Like yeah. hashtags don't work. You plow through like doing all the hashtags, or you'll plow through posting three times a day, and then that you yeah. feel like sometimes that doesn't work. Well, it's all ah, oh, this is very apt. Um, so like it's from those things that you do that you don't realise at the time. And yeah. then she found so Casey Musgraves like, hey, I love your stuff, and started liking loads of stuff. And then I was like, oh, thanks, how did you, like, how did you find the brand? And I looked at her and I was like, oh, she's an American singer. Like, cool, country singer, that's yeah. amazing. Now she is huge, like, yeah. like, huge, millions of followers are huge. But at the time I didn't know, so I played it very cool. You were like, oh, like, yeah. And then she was just like, how do I get some of these rainbow tracksuits? Because one of her songs on her album is called Rainbow. And then I was like, whoa. And then, anyway, she came, she was like, I'm coming across the pond. And I, and then, so she was like, come to the O2 and then I, I was going to give her some stuff. So yeah. I sent her a tracksuit to travel in and she wore it and Instagrammed oh it the whole journey, this baby blue tracksuit. And then she got Fader magazine or Fader something, like very, very cool magazine or something, yeah. music, music industry. Yeah. They did a photo shoot in this tracksuit and I was like, oh my God. Then she came over to the O2 and mum was just helping me in the studio. And Casey was like, I'm at the O2 now, like, if you can come. She goes, oh, by the way, we've got you tickets. How many people do you need? Oh, my goodness. And then so we went, literally, Mum was like, this is, your life is so cool. And I was like, it doesn't happen every day, Mum. Yeah. It doesn't happen every day. And then we went and personally delivered. I've got a photo of Mum, and it's really cute, of her holding Casey Musgrave's outfit on the tube. Like, Aww. And I was like, no one knows that that's for her, Mum. Yeah. And then we get into the O2, and then Casey's manager comes to me in the crowd, and she's like, I know where you're sitting, because they gifted us the tickets. Yeah. And she said, Casey wants to meet you. And I was like, what? And so we always, and I got literally handheld, taken down and out the backstage of O2, and then downstairs, and it was like a school, it was really bizarre, but then into her dressing room and into her changing room, you could see all of her clothes and her like sparkly shoes, and then That's the tracksuit so cool. that I had gifted her, she'd worn, was just in her suitcase, oh. and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever! And then, um, and then, yeah, and then I was like, oh my god, and I gifted her like, this infinity jumper and then she's like oh my god and then she's like so nice to meet you like enjoy the show and I was like this is the coolest thing ever anyway then went back up enjoy and then I was like mum imagine if she wears it and then we just waited the whole gig she didn't wear it because she'd already yeah. got a costume plan but I was <laughs> like oh no like rainbow song came and went yeah. but it's okay and then the next day she was in London and she goes I'm going to I'm gonna do a photo shoot later I can't tell you what it is yet because I don't know but it was on um, it was for BBC Golden Hour or, or something with Elton John and I was yeah. like Sorry, what? And she goes, I'm at his house now. She goes, girl, you're going to get some photos. And I was like, <gasps> and then, yeah, mad. And then she sent photos with her and Elton John. And I was like, can I use these photos? And she oh was like, goodness. yeah, sure. But that's like, and then and the other story is Zoella. 
They're nice. Yes. Yeah, these are well. Oh. Huge. So <laughs> I like was so knackered on like the second year in, so knackered. Yeah. And then before Christmas, and it was like two days before Christmas, and I was like trying my first ever stockist, first and only at the moment stockist, was like they said, oh, it'd be great to get some stuff between Christmas and New Year. And I was like, oh, I'm so tired, I can't physically get up. And you know what, it's really yeah. cold, and you're like, and then I was like, no. And she's like, it'd be so great. So anyway, I got, I went in and made like, because it was me making everything still then. Yeah. Um, and I made like 10 jumpers and then like five t-shirts or whatever, made them, packaged them up and then got them sent out the next day. And two months later, Valentine's weekend, just before Valentine's weekend in February. So when I went to Margate, that stockist, yeah. and then bought that jumper, I had no idea. And then she was wearing it for her Amsterdam uh, video and she wore the, the jumper the entire like on the way home traveling in and there for a whole day and she was like how cool is this jumper oh my god and then did an unwrapping of her things in Margot where she bought the thing from with the jumper and then suddenly I was getting orders for blue jumpers with rainbow tussles like what these haven't been as popular as the red ones and the black ones like why am I selling the blue ones now it's yeah. really weird like some designs you just don't know and like yeah. red and black were really popular anyway and then yeah had I not worked really hard on that day that's never would have got so well I think that's the thing you always put work in and then it comes to you and you're like hang on why has this happened and then you realize it's something so irrelevant or something that you thought was so irrelevant but it's always those things that you never realize are going to be yeah and I felt I remember when I was sewing I felt really rubbish because all my friends were going out and they were all like cheersing and having mulled wine and all like being really social and I was just like I feel really like I had no makeup on scruffy hadn't washed my hair for like three days I had joggers on coat on scarf on because there's no heating in the studio that I was in at the time and I was just like why am I doing this and I was like right and I just had Christmas songs on to myself and you're like yeah keep going girl you got yeah but then February comes around everyone yeah so it just you just have to really made it worth it yeah I love that so as you know the podcast is about happiness and positivity so would you generally describe yourself as a optimist or a pessimist I feel like I already know the answer to this Uh, I think I'd be an optimist (laughs) Yep. Have you got a key moment where you can remember being an optimist in a situation? Oh gosh. I just think you just have to, you've got one chance to make an impression, right? Or you've got one chance to, and then even if you mess up, just be honest and just say, I have, and just like, say if you're, say, when I used to public speak, I used to get really, really nervous and then I yeah. almost like clam up. And then as soon as you say it, just, you've got to do something. You're a real person, just show that you're a real person and then people will react to that. Yeah. So then I was like, I'm really nervous. I'm really sorry. And then people laugh and you think, oh, actually, it's not that bad. I've, I've spoken now and people are listening. So it's fine. And then you can just crack on. So you just got to push through. Yeah, I love that. Um, how would you define happiness? It's such a big question. Do you know what? Happiness is... I find happiness in little things. And yeah. it's like really little things. Like I... So I have anxiety. And then if I don't feel anxious for a day, I say to myself it's like everything feels like a holiday so even going to the shops because my mind isn't burdened with anything I feel like it's a holiday so I feel really happy and then if someone's nice to me that literally it makes my day so yeah. that's why I try and I don't know I like, I like to make people say because I, I love the way that feels when someone yeah. makes the effort and makes a day um but happiness is being content or just having nothing really happen yeah but then feeling happy the whole day if that makes sense I feel like that's or sometimes I feel like you're happiest when you don't even realize you're happiest yes and then you look back and you're like I was so happy I was so so happy I always think back like the other day I went to this yoga class and you know at the end when they were like think of a time when you were happiest and I was like really thinking and I was like 
I went on this holiday to Nice and I didn't realise how happy I was. And you know when all of a sudden you're thinking about it and you're like, I was so happy. And it wasn't in the moment where I was like, I am the happiest I've ever been, woo. Because you're too busy living. Yeah, and like, obviously when you go to like a festival, you do something fun, you have fun and you're happy because you're having fun or when you're with your friends. But you know when you look back on something, you're like, I was actually so happy, but I didn't even realise at the time. And yeah. Oh, to be fair, I'm going to just go back on myself now. Go on. Glastonbury. Yeah. Hugs, not drugs, by the way, people. Yeah. Uh, Glastonbury. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Glastonbury was the happiest four days. I didn't realise it was that possible to have that much yeah. fun for four days. But I feel like festivals are just such... You can't not have fun. Ridiculous. There's fun colours. You're with, normally with friends. Like, oh, I don't yeah. know who else you're going with, but you're normally with people you love. And you see bands that you love. Music. Good music. Sam good colour. Oh, my goodness. When did you go? 2016. I really went to that. It was, it was the year of Dolly Parton, and then we oh, didn't fun. go to Dolly Parton. Oh. But, because I didn't really know who she was, and I wish I had now. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't, not that I didn't, I didn't know who she was, but I was more interested in James Hansmith. Yeah, I had a little moment, had a little cry, because he was oh, so good. And barely I'm, anyone watched him, and he's what? huge, and he's amazing. He's yeah. so good. I saw, so I went to see Billie Eilish, do you know who that is? Yes. Yeah, went to see Billie Eilish before she was, like, big, and Sam Smith was there. He was watching, though, and I, I was, like, freaking out, and everyone was like... Can we just give him the microphone? Yeah, just, like, pass it quickly, like, we love you, Billie, but <laughs> two seconds. I love that. Um... When would you say your happiest has been on this journey so far? Oh. Journey being your life. life. Journey of <laughs> yeah. life. You know what? One of the most like euphorically happy moments was getting my first at uni. Yeah, I, I, I was imagine. just sat on the lounge, just had my logged into my laptop, nothing else, no one else was there. And then I was like on the phone to mum and she was in like her school, like she teaches four year olds. Oh, so cute. And so she was in the foot, she's like, shh, class, shush. And then she put me on the speaker, she's like, don't swear, Heidi, please. And then I was like, <laughs> mum! And I just remember this overwhelming, like brimming with like, whoa! And then I was like, mum, I got a first! And because I just started crying, I've never cried with happiness until that moment. Yeah. And then I was just started crying, going, mum! Like, oh my god, I did it! Because when I first, and then she went, you got a third! And I was like, no! <laughs> I got a first! And she was like, oh! And then she had to tell the kids, she went, that's good! That's good, by the way. But that, because when I first started uni, I was getting, like, two twos and, like, failing. So I was just rubbish, and I just had to learn everything from scratch. Yeah. So then by the end, I was like, yes! But you must have worked so hard, so... And I think that's the thing, when you do something like uni or even, even like, your GCSEs, when you get a good grade, you feel so, so overwhelmed. Yeah. And you're like, oh my goodness, I did this. But I feel like, in life, like, when you're older... There's not so many like moments like that because I feel like a grade is just written down on paper and you've done it. You don't get that so much when you're older. Because passing your driving test is a thing that you do and you get it done. Definitely but, can't drive. Oh, well, <laughs> I haven't got that done yet. <laughs> I've done that there, but no, do you know what I mean? Like those bits in life where you're like, okay, I've done this now, boom, got a good grade for it, and it's like written down and it's a thing that everyone knows is good. I feel like there's a lesson, yeah. lesson of those, apart from like a promotion or getting a new job, there's less of those things, but... To be fair, when a celebrity wears my clothes, that's quite... Is that like a, That's pretty buzzy. That's getting a first again. Yeah, that's, yeah. Pretty, that's pretty up there, to be fair. I love that. Because I just, I just bounce around the studio, literally like, yes, yes, Woo-hoo! yes! I bet that's so amazing, though. So cool. So, so cool. And then had I have not, so I proposed to my fiancé, and had he I love that. proposed to me, I probably would have had that moment then, but I haven't had it because yeah. I took that moment. How did you propose to him? <laughs> With a with a ten pound note, a ring wrapped in a ten pound note because oh, we were doing that. ten pound gifts at Christmas. And then oh, like, was it this Christmas? This Christmas, yeah. Oh. So and then I had my appendix out, and then it's like do, and then yeah. Oh my 
my goodness. Yeah. So have you had any wedding plans or? No. Not, not yet. Yeah. No, because he was like, let's sort the brand out first. Everything's yeah. about the brand, honestly. You're like the, the brand child. Comes first. It's like the child. It, it is. is. It really is. So does he help you a lot with everything? He helps loads behind the scenes. He oh. just likes to be like he's not even on Instagram or anything. He hates oh. it. And so um, yeah, so he's people thought that because me and Liv live together, Liver said you do like we live together and work together. Yeah. People thought that we Beyonce? No. <laughs> they were like, we never see your partner. And I'm like, he's that just so private. Funny. He just doesn't he's like all that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's funny. But he helps loads. That's so lovely. But That's sometimes funny. it's hard to switch from boyfriend mode. Or fiancé mode. Sometimes it's hard to switch from that yeah. to then business mode. It's like, oh, it's 7am and we're having coffee and we're talking about work. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice though. <laughs> so as you know, this podcast is based on the saying, every cloud has a silver lining. So what is your first moment that has been a struggle or a situation that you found difficult or maybe even a failure? So, ah, okay. So when Stacey Solomon wore my jumper on Loose Women. Yeah. And I had never experienced anything like that before because my website went nuts. Everything went nuts. I then was like, and I was like, can I swear on this by the way? Yeah. I was like, shit, shit, shit. (laughs) I need need to get more pink fabric. And because she she wore the pink jumper with rainbow tassels. Yeah. I had never, so the orders were going bing, 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 bing. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, this is insane. Yeah. This makes me sound like a bit of a Charlie Big Banana. And these moments happen few and far between. So I'm just, but then suddenly I was like, my brain was going, okay, so I don't have enough. I've got 10 meters of this fabric in stock. Okay. Uh, How far will 10 meters get me? Not very far. About seven jumps. Anyway. So I was then ringing suppliers and then going, do you have pink fabric? And and then they were like, no, we're out of that. Sorry. And I was like, are you going to get any more? Because it was like special, like hybrid, like half of it was recycled, half of it wasn't. Like maybe it was recycled jumps. So it's like, no, we don't have any more of that. This person might. So then I was like ringing, basically I bought out everyone in all the UK suppliers supplied each other. It's really weird. So anyway, some had 10 metres, some had 12 metres, some had 50 metres, some had 100. So I just, yeah. yeah. And then then all the fabric arrived and I was like, yay, problem solved. Yeah. No. All of the fabric had marks on. (gasps) All of it. So I'd unroll the roll and I was like, and then all these new customers came through and I was like, yay. And then bang, the next day. And then I had two weeks dispatch. And so I, and then it was like, it was just me. So cutting the jumpers, sewing the jumpers, making the jumpers, talking to the customers, going back on emails, posting on Instagram still, posting. And that was the hardest time of my, it was horrible. It was really horrible. Because these are new people that didn't know the brand or didn't know me or didn't know how I did things or anything. Or like, you know, that everything was made from scratch. They were like, where's my jumper? Why has it got this? And I was like, I'm so sorry. And just going back to everybody and going, I'm really sorry. It's going to be this. And they were like, right, I want to change it anyway. Can I do this? And just that was nuts. Yeah. And what was the silver lining out of that? You know, I just was honest and just said, I just had to be honest. And I just, I spent a day and a half, just didn't go to the studio for a day and a half. Yeah. And I just wrote to everyone personally. I went, I'm really, really sorry. This is just me. Yeah. I'm just doing this. Your jumper is going to be late. I'm still trying to find the fabric. If you don't want it, totally understand. I can issue you the refund. I'm going to put it in a spreadsheet. I'm going to do, and literally just said everything that I was going to do. And everyone was so nice. A couple of people like dropped off and they were like, no, because they, I think they just, yeah. But do you want those people anyway? Like, 
you know exactly i feel like people if you can understand a situation like that then yeah it takes something to be explained and once they knew that i was a real person and it was just me they were like oh okay you know what it's fine i can wait a week's the week you know yeah and i think that often you forget that people are behind a brand or yeah you just think it's like how life works and i think that comes from like big brands like Topshop, there's so many people behind that or asos but when it's one person doing it all it's so difficult to forget that it's actually a person behind a brand it's not just a brand yeah what did that situation teach you then to make sure that they, we can always to use a supplier <laughs> that I, to make sure I always know how much fabric is in stock, and then if I'm gonna like say I'm gonna send something out for press or something, yeah, um, then to make sure that I can get that fabric again. Oh uh, yeah, basically. So yeah. I and then it, now it just it put the fear of God in me basically. Yeah. So what do you think your next cloud would be? Another one would be with so me and my this is gonna sound really bad me and my like my friend but like like industry friend we're not really like yeah. super super close both entered this competition yeah and i would just i this is wait this could sound so bad i don't even know if i can say it because like but um he got shortlisted yeah and i didn't and then, so I was like, oh, and then I even, this is what, I even emailed and was like, hi, I haven't heard from the entrance yet. And I haven't heard like, if anyone's got through. And then they were like, we've let everybody know that it's gotten through. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. Because it, I'd had that, like, I'd had moments with Casey Musgraves and I'd had moments with, you know, like, and I was like, yay, like the brand is going to make it. Oh my God. And I had this unbelievable drive behind myself. And then to just go, you didn't even make the cut. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I just had to see my friend go on and win it. And it was amazing. And then I was like, oh my yeah. God. And then I realised like, wow, okay, I really need to step myself up. So then I wrote down um, every point that he did better than me. I wrote down and had it on my wall for ages, a massive poster to remind myself that you're not the best all the time. You don't have to be the best all the time, but you can still strive for it and get better. But that's, yeah. That's just to, And also not to be a Charlie Big Banana. <laughs> just assume that you won things. That's, how embarrassing. No, but that's that's such a good thing to learn as well. And I think even at school or at uni, when you get your grades back and a friend's done better, you do feel like, oh, why yeah. wasn't mine that good? Oh. Yeah. But I think, and that does happen so much, but it's quite good of you to admit it, to be honest. Yeah. I feel like often with things that have gone bad, you can just learn from them. And that is the silver lining in the situation as well. Definitely, definitely. So what would you say your last situation would be where you've learned something from or something better came out of it? When I, I, so I applied for a job in the meantime of, for Debenhams. Yeah. And I was like, I just needed, I, I thought I needed, I had a moment of like, oh, what do I do? I'm quitting my job and it's three months in now. And then I was like, should I do it or should I not? And then that, so I was like, I'll just go for an interview just in case. Yes. Yeah. So I went to Debenhams HQ, convinced myself that I wanted this shirt design, another shirt designing role. <laughs> You're like, no, I don't like the shirt. And I went there and I, again, was really dressed up and I like, I obviously made my whole outfit. Love it. And then I was presenting it and then I was like, dee, 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 dee. but all I kept talking about was what I loved and what I, you know, because I thought, oh, get the passion across and they'll want to, I don't know, want to hire you if you get your passion yeah, design yeah. across. I feel like if you're passionate about something, often you're going to be talking about it in a world, like in a good way, and you'll be excited and then they'll yeah. like you, you know? So then, and I was like sort of pushing around the sheet, the design sheets of paper, like all the designs that I printed out, the shirts, around and talking about those. And he went, at the end of the interview, he goes, yeah, it's just um, interesting how people talk about their work and just seeing how people talk about their work. And made a comment like that. And I was like, oh, oh okay. And then anyway, he, um, he's, he mentioned in the interview that he 
uh, like his, he remembers something from younger, like pasta shells on a, a photo frame or something like that. And he met, so then I was like, oh, I'll make the effort. So I went and bought pasta shells and made a photo frame and said, thank you for the interview, blah, blah, blah. Like even, right. That's to so try and, cute. And then he went, and he just responded with a letter like, no, you didn't make it basically. And then I was gutted because I'd made an effort. Yeah. And then also didn't really want it, but uh, I had, yeah, it was, yeah. But then after that, had I not have got that rejection, that was the final push to go. I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. So I did with setting up, and then after, then like literally a month later, definitely decided aesthetic laundry. Yeah, if that makes sense. Definitely. So the the positive that came the out. The rejection was good, basically. Yeah. And at the time, did you feel like it was a bad thing or? I felt really rubbish for ages. Yeah. I was like, oh, it was just the rejection that was yeah. really hard. I don't know whether it's my ego or not, but it was just really hard to. I feel like any rejection though, even if you want something or you don't, you're like still like. Oh. You yeah. didn't want me. I'd like, made a personal yeah. thing and then I was like, oh, right, okay, then I still, you know, it's just like not yeah. being good enough or whatever. Yeah. How do you look at the positives of a bad situation in life? Um, I just think you have to. You have to keep going. And you, like, I know it does sound very cliche, but like every cloud does have a silver lining. It does. And you have to see it. There are good things in everything. And yeah. you just, like, you can find it in anything. I just try and make the best out of a bad situation all yeah. the time. Yeah, basically. and I think often if a bad situation happens, I always just laugh at myself eventually. Like, even if you don't laugh at yourself in the moment, in like a few weeks, you'll be like, actually, hey, that was quite funny. Or yeah, it might, maybe it didn't go how I wanted, but I've learned something now. Or It makes a yeah. funny story. It's like having yeah. a date. Like if a, a good date is a good date because it's nice and you've had a good time. Yeah. A bad date is a hilarious story. Yeah, I saw that on Instagram the other day and I was like, that is so true. I sent it to all of my friends. I was like, you yeah. this. So how do you keep a positive mindset? Because obviously you're quite a busy person, you have so much going on. I have the most supportive, lovely people around me because I'm a very needy person. I'm a very positive, happy person. Yeah. But I am. Until I'm like a, Hands up. <laughs> I, am, I am. But then if I'm tired, bang, I'll like, I can't talk to anyone. I go and yeah. go and go and go and go and then I wear exactly myself like out. Me. I have a have to have a power nap. Oh my God, yes. I always call them my 2.0 because it's like the same day again. Oh my God, we are literally launching the brand, as not but we keep calling the, the relaunch of the brand 2.0. I love that. It's because when you have a nap in the day, I always think it's like you wake up again and you have the same day again. <laughs> it's shorter. It's just short, two shorter versions. You're like, okay, here we go again. It's Woo. like reset. Which people in your life make you feel the most positive? Top three, I feel like that's such a difficult Oh my God, so mum, obviously, yeah, because she just says yes to everything I want to do, ever. Aww. She's And she's so, yeah, she's so lovely. And she tells me right from wrong, but also, yeah. you know, like if I'm, she's like, you're being a princess, honey, you just need to suck this up. And yeah. then I'm like, okay. Yeah. But then she's all, yeah. And then my fiance, obviously. Yeah. And then I would just say my team. So what decisions have you made in your life that have led to unexpected happiness, do you think? So in the four years, the two two years I was in one company when I was in industry, so two years designing shirts for one company, and then the yeah. next two years I, I knew I didn't really want to do it, but I, ha I couldn't get another job anywhere else at that time. Yeah. So then took another job on, and then that was the one where I had to commute out of London to do it. Oh, yeah. And, but there, that's where I met my fiance oh. and we had like a office romance. 
that we that then led to yeah oh so cute so then the, oh. I used to, we used to say stuff like the best part of the day it's really sad but <laughs> the best part of our day was literally like travelling to and from because we would travel did together did you travel to, oh so did he live where in London as well he lived in, yeah he lived in London as well and he just moved to London yeah and then there was a London office but then it moved out to Hemel Hempstead oh and then yeah so he then commuted he drove and then I went on the tube and he was like you know I could just drop you if you like like I, you know to yeah. and I was like oh yeah, and then it was so fun. Like literally, I wouldn't want to get out of the car. That's and then, so but he'll cute. kill me for saying this. But he used to photocopy like in the office. No yeah. one knew, literally no one. I and feel like it's gonna be a good story. He would photocopy. He'd handwrite like, "Hey, um, do you want to lift home later or something?" And then he'd yeah. be like, um, "Like I don't know, you look nice today or whatever." Yeah. And then he would photocopy it and send it to my email, and so I would get Aww. it on the screen, and then I would do it. And I'd open it and go, <gasps> I'd "Oh go, my, oh my god, am I?" <laughs> That's so cute. Um, so does he still work there now? He does, yes. Oh. And now everybody knows. Oh. Um, Did you keep it a secret? We kept it a secret for ages until like six yeah. months ago. I know, and really? Then, yeah. That's because I a... left and he was still working there. Yeah. And then, yeah, so... And then everyone was like, what? No, no idea. <laughs> and then every now and then I just get more messages and more... Because he's quite private. He didn't tell everyone. And then when people yeah. were back around, suddenly off his gossip. And then, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what he didn't want. Because he was like, I still yeah. work there. So I don't want everyone asking every two seconds. Yeah. That's um, so lovely though. That's super nice. So do you have any last words of positivity? Um, just someone once told me, you get out of life what you put in. So true. And so if you put in happiness, then I feel like then you'll get it back. I think that's so true. I feel like often when you're being miserable, so many bad things happen because you're looking at it in a miserable way. But when you're being happy, you're like, woo, 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 you look at the positive sides of everything and it makes it so much more easier. I said that to somebody the other day because they're being really miserable. <laughs> I was like, look, you're just being negative. <laughs> you need to be positive and you'll be fine. And I think that is the case in so many ways. But it spreads though as well. Yeah. Like if you're happy. Or, so I do it with my outfits sometimes too. Like if I'm feeling rubbish, I'll put on something bright. And then when I go to the bathroom, I cheer myself up because it's kind yeah. of fun. And so, yeah. I love that. That's such a good idea. And then to re always tell yourself that you are the champagne, not the cider. Oh, yeah. Someone said something like that. Tilly, was the, the, my old like head of the sixth form, she, I was travelling in with her and she went, you are, uh, she is cider and you are champagne. Because I used to worry about this girl and she was like, don't worry about, you know, like, yeah. bully or whatever. So she said, don't worry. She goes, yeah. So then now I always tell myself. That sounded really lame. No. I do say that. But now it just sounds ridiculous. No, I feel like sometimes when you say things out loud, but it's still true. Not in an ego if you, way. If you read it on Instagram, bad. it would be great. You yeah. You see it there like, oh yeah. <laughs> I'll share this. <laughs> but Thanks. I do live by, you get out of life what you put in. Yeah, so true, so true. Thank you so, so much. That oh, was a you're really welcome. good chat. I had Yay. a lovely, lovely chat. Thank you very much. You are buzzing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you are so thank lovely. I had so much fun recording this episode with Heidi and I hope you enjoyed listening too. I'd love to hear your stories and you can share these directly with me through Instagram message at everycloudpodcast. Please come on and share this episode of Every Cloud. Don't forget to listen to next week's episode on Wednesday with a new guest. Anyway, I hope you have a great day and thank you for listening.